Hey there, it's Alex. Just a really quick announcement before we get started here. We were totally booked out for our Cost of Glory Rome retreat this summer, 2024, June 30th through July 7th. But we've managed to make some adjustments and we've found room for another one or two slots. So if you're interested in visiting the great sites of Rome, discussing the merits of Rome's greatest men with me, and also improving as a speaker with the insights of ancient rhetoric and a whole lot of live practice and discussion, check out the retreat website at costofglory.com retreat. Hope to see you in Rome. Okay, now for the episode. What ought we to do when we're at leisure? What do we work so hard for, after all? When you finally stop responding to work emails or put the last touches of the day on that design you're working on and stop, what do you look forward to? Should society train kids to ask that question earlier in their lives? Well, if they do, how? Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Cost of Glory. You know our overall mission by now, probably, to retell the lives of the great Greek and Roman leaders in order to sharpen ourselves for the present. And we take Plutarch as our guide. A brief episode today, I'm going to announce the two lucky ancient winners of the Whose Biography Will We Tell Next contest, thanks to all who wrote in to weigh in. In other words, we're announcing the beginning of season two. Everything before this was season one. So we'll get to that soon, but here's a hint. The winners are a Greek and a Roman, of course, each of whom, at different points in history, ruined the city of Athens. Before that, though, something a little different, not from Plutarch's moral works, as we usually do. This comes from Aristotle's politics. It pertains to those questions I asked at the beginning of this episode. Now, I hear a lot of people in some education circles are talking these days about the trivium and the quadrivium. And these are groupings of subjects that are considered by some to be the essential elements of an educated person's education. And at Ancient Life Coach, we believe your education never ends in the sense that the wise are always forming themselves training their minds to better achieve the tasks set before them, whether that is professional excellence, which is very important, or the common goal that should unite us all, which is cultivating moral excellence for the sake of happiness. But these subjects that we're talking about today are really conceived of as part of children's education in the common conception, trivium and quadrivium. And trivium means three roads in Latin, And quadrivium means four roads. Trivium usually means grammar, rhetoric, and logic. These are the verbal arts or verbal subjects. And when people speak about the quadrivium, these days they usually mean arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, and music, which are in some sense quantitative subjects. And people take these subjects to comprise the curricular core of something that they refer to as classical education, As a matter of fact, this is a medieval schematization that only loosely resembles some educational systems that we see in a period sometimes referred to as classical antiquity when these people that we're telling biographies of lived. And I've actually done some academic publications on ancient education. I won't bore you with those here, 
but classical can mean a lot of things. But the point here is that these schematizations are really an attempt to answer the question, what are the most important subjects or topics for a person to study if they want to lead a good life and a free life in a healthy society and a healthy state? So here's a take on this subject from Aristotle. And this is from his Politics again. It's in Book 8, which is the final book of that tome of political philosophy. And in the Politics, Aristotle's writing about the time Alexander the Great was born. So just to situate you, that's the 4th century BC. And in Aristotle's view, public education was actually one of the primary duties that a lawmaker or lawgiver, as he says, ought to occupy himself with. So here it is, Aristotle. The customary branches of education are in number four. They are reading and writing, that's one subject, gymnastic exercises, and music, to which is sometimes added drawing. Of these, reading and writing and drawing are regarded as useful for the purposes of life in a variety of ways, and gymnastic exercises are thought to infuse courage. Concerning music, a doubt may be raised. In our own day, most men cultivate it for the sake of pleasure, but originally it was included in education because nature herself, as has been often said, requires that we should be able not only to work well, but to use leisure well. For, as I must repeat once again, the first principle of all action is leisure. End quote. In other words, Aristotle thinks that we work for the sake of leisure. That is, whatever it is we do in our free time. That's leisure. And he distinguishes this, actually, this leisure from playing around. He says that we can actually play around for the sake of work, to make work more tolerable or fun, take breaks, we can make jokes, pranks, but leisure is serious business, and that's why we work, after all, in his view. And those subjects that he listed are, again, reading and writing, that's one concept, grammata, gymnastics, which is athletic training, music, and drawing. Two of the four subjects, you'll notice, are aesthetic, arguably. All of them are in some way, aren't they? You don't just want to learn how to write, but to write well, beautifully even. Not pretentiously with flowers and sparkles, but convincingly, winningly. And similarly, athletics makes a body more beautiful, so it's an aesthetic subject too. But then the other two subjects are more aesthetic. Drawing is aesthetic. Music is aesthetic. And he thinks drawing is also useful, by the way, for everyone, mainly because it helps you to judge what looks good and what looks stupid or cheap or disproportionate. And he has in mind architecture, couches, drinking and eating wear, home and public decorations, statues, painting, etc., Music, especially, is really, for him, about learning to spend your leisure well. Everyone, he thinks, should learn to play some kind of instrument as a kid. Not everyone should keep playing that instrument into adulthood, 
In fact, most should not, he thinks. But Aristotle, who is considered to be such an important figure in so many ancient sciences, in particular, he's rightly thought of as the father of biology, Aristotle wanted us to be, as a society, ambitious in our leisure activities and to cultivate the highest arts in that time, in that space that we hopefully cordon off as leisure. He thought that was crucial to our happiness as individuals and as a collective. So, how are you spending your leisure? Is it worth the work that you're doing? Is it worthy of your precious time or your family's time? Okay then, there you go. And now, as promised, I'm pleased to announce the next biography we will do. His name is Lysander. He was the Spartan general most responsible for the destruction of the Athenian Empire, their final defeat in the Peloponnesian War. So we're going to hear a Spartan story coming up soon. And after that, we'll be telling the story of the man that Plutarch paired Lysander with, a man familiar to those who have been listening to this show for a while. It's Lucius Cornelius Sulla. All that coming soon. Thanks for listening. Stay strong. Stay ancient. Stay patient. This is Alex Petkus. Until next time.